0: Welcome back to Chemical FM. This week we're joined by CEO and Chief Sustainability Officer of Grosh International, Helmi Ansari. Join in this conversation with us to learn about how Grosh goes beyond the status quo in addressing the safe water crisis. So I want to thank you for being on our podcast here with us during B Corp Month. This is really exciting as it's our first B Corp month as a company, but it's really exciting to get involved with companies, especially like Grosh. Um, I would love by starting off with you telling us about the origin of the company and how it got started.
1: Sure. Um, yeah. get thanks for having me on your podcast uh, and congrats on becoming a certified B Corp. It is quite the badge <laughs> of honor, I'll tell you that. Um, Not easy to get, very hard to get, very challenging, but totally worth it. So congrats on that. Um, Yeah, so as um, you may or may not know, Grosh is a small business. We manufacture and sell coffee, tea, and hydration gear. But as others have said, it's not what you do, but why you do it. That is really more important. And if you want to learn about the origins of the story, so Grosh was born out of near tragedy. Um, so my wife and I have three daughters. And when our second daughter was 10 months old, my wife was traveling overseas with her to visit her parents. And there, our 10-month-old child ended up getting um, waterborne illness, which was uh, stomach cholera. And stomach cholera is fatal around 50% of the time. Oh my um, and when that happened to our daughter, we had some very challenging about three days or so when my wife was running from hospital to hospital trying to save her life and um, she was lifeless she was cold she was blue and hospitals and doctors were giving up on being able to save her and bring her back finally one surgeon who happened to be there was able to um, shave her head hydrate her brain to try and keep her alive because all her other veins in her body had collapsed and they weren't even able to poke needles into her oh my gosh. and um, our daughter made it through um, she's doing great we're so incredibly grateful that it worked out for us she's now you know she's 17 she's going to university <laughs> this fall and she's waiting on our acceptances so you know it worked out really well for us um, but when that happened I was I remember the moment when I was here in Canada. When that happened, I was in my you know, window office in this tall building overlooking the highway and all these other structures, living the corporate dream, um, working as a director in a very large Fortune 50 with a huge budget, huge financial responsibility. I've, I've had up to 500 and even 1,000 people reporting to me in, in my previous corporate life. The entire corporate dream and this dream of being a ceo and 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 working in this corporate ladder and it just meant nothing at that point in time because we nearly lost our child mm-hmm. and it shook us to the core i remember standing in the window looking over the highway and just tears rolling down my cheek thinking what am i doing um chasing corporate success and we really reevaluated, went back to our roots for what what we cared about, which is trying to make the world a better place and trying to um, see how we can, you know, make an impact and say thank you to God and the universe for for sparing our child when so many pe- so many people and so many parents don't have the good fortune and they do end up losing their children in their arms because of waterborne illness. So initially, I. Uh, donated some water filters to South Sudan and I traveled with a friend to South Sudan um, and visited these people and stayed with them. We went to South Sudan. We went to, uh, we stopped over in uh, uh, in Nairobi, Kenya. We went to some slums there and we met with people and, and I saw some of their issues. We stopped over in Rwanda and also in, in Southern Pakistan. And we found this solution, which is called a biosand water filter. This filter purifies water for up to 30 years for a family of 10 without using any electricity, without requ- requiring any spare parts, without needing um, you know any chemicals which often aren't available in really remote locations, um, easy to build and maintain using natural biological water purification. So we started installing these. And... Initially, we just did them through our own kind of personal donations. We just write a personal check. But then I started thinking, I'm like, I know we're having an impact. I know we as people are able to save lives. How do we scale this? How do we make the rest of our lives about taking that moment that we faced and making it like a a focal point that, that changes the direction of our life in a way that we are now scaling this and maybe helping hundreds or even thousands or ten thousands of people to change their lives and never have to have their child die in their arms or their parents or their husband or their wife or their you know a significant others lose their life so we built croche we built this company uh with the entire reason of having a brand that funds the installation of these water filters for people around the world And saves their lives so you know we like to say our corporate hashtag is every cup fills another so as you fill your cup with coffee or tea or you know fruit infused water or just you take your gross water bottle you are actually saving somebody's life by doing that and it's built into the product so (laughs) long-winded origin story but that's how we started so
0: no that's wonderful i think it's it's a testament to um, I mean, especially I'm currently in the United States. It's a testament to that we don't really realize how different like getting water is in a different, you know, I have a Brita in my fridge um, that I use. Um, but I mean, I can just go drink out of a faucet and not, you know, have to think twice about it. So it's Absolutely. very it's very eye opening to hear the origin of Grosh and your story and that it's still prevalent. You know, even though your daughter is now 17, even then it's, you know, still wasn't. Up to up to par. Um, how would you say that your focus on sustainability and environmental issues has evolved over time since you started the company?
1: So my previous role with this Fortune 50 was a role that was created, um, and I was put into it was the director of sustainability, and um, my role was to reduce our usage of um, materials, energy. Chemicals, um, you know, material. Basically, try and conserve our footprint and um, make us as sustainable as we could be. So, along that journey, we became the first company to um, in Canada to be net zero, near net zero landfill. So, over ninety nine percent of all of our waste was being diverted away from landfill. We launched a journey to net zero. We Reduced our electricity usage by 40%, water by 50%, uh, energy by 40 to 50% in a short period of time. We won every single award in the book, you know, from the EPA, from this, that, government of Canada, et cetera. But even though as we were doing that, I really felt that there was more that we could do so i brought that ethos and that experience with me from working you know i'm an engineer so working as an engineer in a large company into a small business that we literally started from the laundry room of our house that was our first corporate headquarters so during the day i was a corporate executive with my big staff and you know all the perks and and at night, we were uh, literally like I would come home, I would pack bags of tea and put labels on them that I would print on my inkjet printer. And we started selling them door to door to raise money to uh, donate to our water projects or to the sick kids hospitals. But that focus, that environmental focus came across. So we um, not just manufacture and distribute sustainable, reusable products without, you know, any... Um, any any bpa and so on but no disposable plastic we don't we we try and stay away from anything disposable so highly reusable well made quality stuff that's gonna last you and then we basically warranty stuff you know we say one year warranty but if somebody calls us and says hey i broke a water bottle or this happened or that happened we take care of them so we want to make sure that we're giving them the parts we have everything so the product itself is sustainable yeah as far as our own operation, we measure everything that we do in our facility. So from our energy usage, of course, electricity, gas, and so on. But even the waste that we produce in our office every week um, on a Thursday, we weigh all the waste that is generated here. So, And we separate it into landfill, compost, or recycle. And our target is to stay above 85% recycle, and we're really closer to over 90% landfill diversion from that perspective. Once we measured our our footprint for electricity and gas, we also offset it multiple times over. So, you know, we reduce the footprint, we've got LED lighting, I've got like air ventilation systems, like engineer brain over here. So (laughs) I've got air ventilation systems moving heat here and there to try and conserve energy usage, uh, and so on. But then we offset it multiple times over. So we are uh, our whole facility in operation here is carbon neutral. I think seven or eight times over, meaning tiny footprint and then we're offsetting it seven or eight times over. So we're like net negative 800% or something. I don't even know if there's a terminology for that. Um, yeah. So, you know, we try and say stay true to that net zero um, belief, that philosophy that it is possible. That I was really spearheading in my previous corporate career, and we've made it a reality here in a small business. You know, if you ask me, Hannah, why we do that, I see a lot of these bigger Fortune 50, 100, 500 companies say by 2040, we'll be net zero, by 2060, we'll be net zero. I'm like, guys, small business right here competing with mega brands. You know, who make all these giant claims about what they want to do and help the environment and help the planet and help people. It's like, if I can do it without the economies of scale that you have, <laughs> believe me, you can do it too. And so, you know, we will we grow for that. We will grow so people can say, look, these guys are super successful. They're growing so fast. They have awesome products. And they're a woman owned business because my wife basically ran the business for years while I had my day job. We're a small business well, medium business now, because we've grown a lot. Uh, We're carbon neutral. We give back safe water. And, you know, we're a diverse old business. Like all these things, when you stack them together, if this little startup business that started a few years ago from a laundry room can do it, (laughs) yeah, you can do it too. That's how we build, Grosh.
0: I think it's definitely a testament to those larger companies that, you know, they'll say 2035, then it gets pushed to 2040. And then it's, you know, what's the weight? You know, what's what's the weight to do it? Um, You kind of already touched upon this, but as now as a certified B Corporation, what do you think sets Grosh apart from other companies that are not B Corps and that can speak to those large companies in terms of your commitment to sustainability and social responsibility?
1: So being a B Corp can be daunting because when you go through the audit process and you go through the really stringent protocols that it takes, and they're very broad, you know, from a people, product, planet, like how you conduct business, everything, end-to-end, every single cohort that you touch is covered. And we've been um, through the B Corp certification three times now because you have to do it every, I think, two years or so. And um, it feels amazing that we are in the company of like-minded businesses who are trying to change the world through better business practices. You know, I often say, Hannah, that our last great hope for sustainability is businesses who have a soul because if you really look at it to change the world there's three main you know constituents you've got individual people you and i living our daily lives there's government and then there's business you know individual people life is hard enough paycheck to paycheck living two weeks to two weeks trying to make things work to expect individual people to say I will go change the world on my own and I will make the environment and people and health and poverty and, and gender equity and make all these things work. It's too much burden for an individual to take. Governments, honestly, they're too busy just slinging mud at each other, <laughs> trying to get reelected. <laughs> yes. uh, that's their focus, right? So do they actually get stuff done? Honestly, I look, I I go to like ontario parliament and i've met with our government leaders and others they have a good intent but the process is long and cumbersome and we don't have that much time for them to dilly dally and play around with stuff To actually get stuff done Mm -hmm. so who's who's the last great hope the last great hope is is business you know 98 percent of the world's economy is a for-profit economy two percent of the world's economy is non-profit As much as I like to think that love makes the world go round, it's this 98% of the world's economy which is driven by profit and money. Money makes the world go round. So if B Corps like us can demonstrate to other businesses that we are more successful because we are better run, because we're trying to make the world a better place through better business practices, if we can demonstrate that, we can help direct this 98% of the world's economy to being a better type of business. So being in this B Corp company, being part of, you know, the 98% of the for profit world is the last great hope to, to arrest climate change, to make sure that we're doing businesses in ways that protect our environment, that we're not polluting our water, we're not polluting the ground and the air. That we're trying to treat our people better by paying fair wages and living wages. So we're a living wage employer and and I'm, we are a champion and activist for living wage as well. By having better working conditions, by making sustainable products. Uh, if we can do it, if B Corps can do it, others can do it too. So this is a movement that is there to inspire all other businesses to think that, hey, you know, look at these guys. They're so successful. Why is... You know, why is this company so successful? Oh, look, they have better business practices. They're trying to do this. Let's try and copy them. Mm-hmm. So I'm flattered when businesses copy us and other and others with, you know, their water project or this donation or that donation because it means we're having an impact. It yeah. means they're seeing us. So.
0: Mm-hmm. so as a small business, can you speak to some of, like, the major successes and challenges that you faced in efforts to, like, Um, reduce your environmental impact and promote sustainability over the years?
1: I think in terms of challenges, there are, I'll say there's two sides. One is a lot of the retailers that we work with don't really um, care as much about what we do in our business, which does end up costing more, like making a quality product costs more. Uh, partnering with factories that are certified and audited does cost more. Running a safe water project does cost more. Paying a living wage does cost more. We build that in. They're like, no, no, you need to drop your price. You need to be cheaper than you know these other brands that are out there. We're like, okay, we'll work with it. So, trying to find that efficiency within your organization, especially in a small business, to compete with the mega scale that these guys have, is a real operational challenge mm-hmm. in itself so lucky for me i spent my whole career working on efficiency and engineering and those kind of things i'm able to bring a lot of those um experiences to help us be as efficient as we can and really punch above our weight class so to speak uh, in terms of what we're able to go do in terms of the uh the environmental sustainability side of things um you know, honestly, that comes pretty naturally to me. And like I engineered and installed air exchange systems in our facilities, I put in some principles with our staff saying we will measure and weigh every single thing. We'll sort separate whatever we do in our, in our own facility. Um, putting in these practices is a matter of surrounding yourself with people who care about the same things as you do. And then it's not just me doing it. We're all thinking, how are we more eco-responsible? How are we more socially responsible in how we conduct our day-to-day lives? So, um, yeah, you know, if a tiny startup that started from a laundry room 15, 16, 17 years ago, that is now in like 20, 30 different countries. I don't even know how many, Um, that's embarrassing. I'm the CEO, I should know exactly (laughs) off the top of my head. Oh, it's 27 countries. No, but we're growing very fast but um you know if we can do it uh, i think anybody can do it so if a you know a small business that started from the laundry room and has now scaled up can really say that being sustainable is not just a dream or a hope or a or a marketing brochure that you put out or a 60 page sustainability report at the end of the year with all these happy people you know playing in the in the forest and running around it's not just Uh, empty words and, and sustainability reports, but it's real, it's doable. If we can do it, anybody can do it.
0: Yeah, no, that's really powerful to hear, especially from a, coming from another small business that, you know, it, it seems like it's the small businesses that are trying to make more of that impact. So would you say or what would you say are some of your goals and plans coming up for the future of Grosh? And that could be in terms of your sustainability initiatives, just overall growth and development, like you've talked about, expanding into multiple different countries.
1: Yeah. So in terms of our mission, like we were super excited to share that at the end of 2022, Uh, we achieved a milestone of giving 300 million days of safe drinking water to people in need. So it was huge. Like we have a counter running on our website that shows Mm -hmm. you how many you're running and it's pretty closely timed to our number of units we sell. And for every single unit we sell, we give 50 plus days of safe water. I don't know if you can see, there's like a little 50 50 plus logo on there. So 50 plus days of safe water for every single product. So we're able to hit 300 our next kind of milestone that we're working towards is to do um, half a billion days of safe drinking water. So we're working towards that. I've got a few new water projects I'm working on developing uh, in India, Uganda, and uh, possibly the Philippines, but also in Pakistan, in these four countries. So that's kind of my big business, my business objective, not to hit a certain sales number. Yeah, well, that's going to happen. Our goal is to get to half a billion days of safe water that we want to give mm-hmm. to people in need right yeah to do that we have to sell products because every product is funding 50 plus days of safe drinking water well people started reaching out to us saying hey grosh uh, we love your mission we love what you're trying to do and we want to give gifts to our staff or to our customers um, doing laser engraving on our products so we have our own lasers in house and we laser engrave our customers logos for corporate gifting we do gift baskets for special events uh custom stuff you know we have lots of different products and we're able to do co-branding with them for their special events so that's our newest side of our business that we're working on and
0: part in that now now that i know um (laughs) i'm very much excited about that just bringing it Full circle of you know the B Corp month theme. What what is like a one a few sentences worth of why you go beyond? What is your go beyond mark?
1: You know the status quo of business as usual um, is broken. It was Buddha who said that the root of all suffering in this world is based on ego and greed. What B Corps are trying to do is trying to use the world's economy and make it healthy for people and planet and do business in a way that restores the world to a vision that we all have and trying to make it a better world. So, you know, when we say we go beyond the bare minimum, we go beyond just meeting the letter of the law because that doesn't work. You have to do more to restore the damage that uh, has been done to our environment, to people, to society, to our earth, to our, to water, to air. And uh, we're just proud to be with all these other B Corps and celebrate B Corp month and uh, do our part so that at the end of the day, we can all sleep well at night and say, you know what, good days or bad days, we made a difference. By existing, by being here, by fairly competing in a very competitive marketplace and uh, trying to do things a better way, we're making a difference. Like what more could you ask for in life than have the opportunity to do that?
0: Tune in next time as we share our platform with more voices of those who are working to use their business as a force for good. Chemical FM, remix, replay, and renew your chemical solutions. You can follow Ecolink on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Ecolink Inc., smarter, safer chemicals, today, tomorrow, and always.